0: Welcome to the Roll Bammer Roll Podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I will be joined by Brad Canning. Brad, I know it's football season, but before we start, I did want to note that five-star point guard J.D. Davison is making his college decision on Saturday, October the 3rd, 5 Central Time. So, towards the end of the Texas A&M game Saturday, we might have to multitask. Alabama could be getting some massive news on the basketball front. If you remember, the last time we had Jordan Harper on, We asked him about J.D., and we were in agreement that he was the best prospect from the state of Alabama since DeMarcus Cousins.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just almost historic praise, given how long that's been and the fact that Alabama, if they're not leading, they're hand-in-hand. And I have a feeling it's going to be worth the multitask effort come Saturday (laughs) afternoon.
0: Yeah, J.D. Davison, top 10 prospect in the country. He's the top-ranked overall point guard in the country. If he chooses Alabama, we will follow up next week on the podcast. It seems to be trending that way, but you know as well as I do in the world of recruiting, nothing is certain.
1: That's the beauty of it.
0: <laughs> all right, moving on. I don't want to overreact after one game. negatively. Oh, come or- on. <laughs> <laughs> Negatively or positively, all right? Uh, but we did bring up the Will Anderson hype last week. I know it's one game, but it was evident why that hype was surrounding him, was it not?
1: Oh, one game is all it takes, buddy. Let's get the bus going.
0: Like, <laughs> Next Derek Thomas.
1: I mean, hell, the first defensive series. Here this man is on two of the three plays. Like, what the hell? Welcome to Hollywood.
0: Pro Football Focus has Will Anderson with four quarterback pressures, three hits, one hurry, and 24 pass rush attempts. He did grade out in the top five players on Alabama's defense Saturday. But the most impressive moments came from what he did on the Missouri option plays, where he blew up the running back.
1: Oh, it was beautiful.
0: Yeah, after he blew it up the the first go-round, I guess Missouri's offensive coordinator decided it would be a good idea to go back to that, and it happened again.
1: Yeah, ran into a frickin' wall.
0: Tell me what your outlook was, because some of the reaction I saw during and after the game was confusing to me. What I saw defensively was a team that I think has a chance to be elite again. Saturday gave me more hope defensively than I had probably at any point last season. And the reaction didn't really match that. Am I seeing what I want to see?
1: Probably. And I think what you're seeing also in general is we're seeing the fan base in full midseason form. I mean, you think back to any game at any point, we find those things to raise hell about, warranted or not. Um, It's just been that way, and I've been a part of it at times too. Um, Unfortunately, I was not this weekend, and I missed some fire tweets apparently. So uh, to me, overall, watching the game, though, we might not have had Dylan Moses last year, but with him and Will Anderson, the way they played together this week and Sertan covering, dude, it was like you had two making up for not having him last year.
0: Yeah, it, to me, it's like, what are what are the real question marks? Because, it, it, well, it's certainly not a middle linebacker spot. You brought up Dylan Moses. Him and Christian Harris in the middle, that looked like the top duo in the country. It
1: goes back to the days of, you know, 2010 and 11 defense where you had elite linebacker cores that was shutting everything down.
0: Yeah, this might be, I could be forgetting somebody. But these two right now, could be the most athletic inside duo that Nick Saban has had.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be. Yeah, hard. I'm not saying the I'm best.
0: CJ I'm Moses just saying the most athletic. So, yeah. Okay.
1: But to me, we saw why Alabama missed Dylan Moses in any series for the most part throughout this game, whether it was actually watching him physically or watching his command pre snap. Uh, it's it just, it's a whole different defense. And I think that's going to go a long way given that he can actually help them learn in case it happens again.
0: By the way, someone in front of them, Christian Barmore, did not even play Saturday. So we've seen what he can do and who he is, especially in the past game. His availability is going to open up, up some more for the defense well. But this was a defense that, I mean, really the first team, Missouri had six points. It was like halfway through the fourth quarter. Yeah. They put up six on the board. And I see people complaining. I, well, of course. I don't... Do you think... It, all right, maybe the negative response was a Pete Golding hangover?
1: Oh, yeah, that'll always exist. There's no doubt about that. But
0: Like, do you think people's minds are made up with him and they they're not willing to give him a clean slate this year, so they're kind of picking things apart?
1: Well, if you know anything about me, you know I'm definitely not a petty person, so... Uh, I definitely didn't have flashbacks uh, going into the final three minutes of this game. So it it happened uh, for me. But at the same time, I think a little bit is just the Fox outrage, so to speak. And, you know, the fact that, holy hell, we get football back and you don't miss a beat, man, with everything you get reactionary wise within the fan base. And that's what makes it great and just a great, you know, dumpster fire at times, too.
0: Yeah, that, that was kind of my first thought, was the Pete Golding hangover thing. But to me, there's a, I mean, I know we, we've talked about this too. There's a reason he was brought back. Nick Saban has confidence in him, clearly. He's come or, a long
1: way. You can say that for sure.
0: Yeah, he wouldn't have been retained if there wasn't that, a, a certain level of confidence in it. Like I'm sure Nick Saban probably took into account the hand that he was dealt last season with the injuries. And if, if Pete Golding proves him wrong, he'll make a change.
1: Exactly. And also when your former defensive coordinator, who is the future head coach, well, not so much anymore signs an extension. You got to stick with
0: what you got. (laughs) Yeah. I'm willing to trust Nick Saban's assessment on the situation because I I have,
1: have we, how many times have we had to learn that? Yeah. Still at times doubted anyways.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because I have no reason not to Yeah, (laughs) like, so until I'm given a reason, a real reason to start questioning things this season, I'm not going to. I'm not going to base this season off last season. Well, I'm just
1: going to tell you right now, if freaking Kellen Mond has a 350 plus total yard game this weekend yeah. after you know Vanderbilt's ass mm. took him up to the wall, oh uh, yeah, it's happening.
0: we we uh, we're, we're golden. Yeah, we're going to get to the Kellen Mond because I, I have some questions about Kellen Mond, but we, we will get to that. I I promise. Before we do, offensively. If you're an Alabama fan, you have to feel as good about the quarterback situation as anyone else in college football.
1: We always find a way to, you know, inject doubt, whether easily warranted or stretching so far, you're breaking your back. And I think that's just, you know, the nature of this program and and the fan base over decades. But buddy, I mean, it didn't take long at all for him to have the utmost confidence in himself. And to see within just a few series that you know what we might be all right,
0: <laughs> I think like we knew what we had online, we knew what they had at receiver and running back, and I think we thought we knew what they had at quarterback, but those fillings were were really confirmed this past weekend. uh Mac Jones currently has the highest quarterback rating in the country ninety five point two He forced some things on that first possession. I don't know if you remember. I I think he kind of forced two balls. But from the second possession on, he was in full control. He was accurate. He was more than a game manager. He did more than just distribute. Mac Jones made plays.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't dink and dunk. It wasn't quick in slants. One thing I liked about him is what you just said. I mean, it did not take long. Most of the time, it takes a half, maybe even one or more games. It took him less than three series. To you, you could notice noticeably tell that he was confident, and the offensive line. Well, that's a tale of two halves. But in the first half, that's what <laughs> helped build that confidence, and along with Najee being able to open the run, uh, the pass game up by having effective runs.
0: Yeah, let's hope that it. Uh, based on what we saw Saturday, let's hope that the first first string offensive line stays intact. I mean, that's a, that's all I have to say. But
1: well, I'm just gonna tell you right now, Landon Dickson might be. Barrett Jones level, DJ Fluger level for me in terms of
0: yeah. just
1: the greatest offensive lineman in my lifetime. That man is a brute. I don't know if you saw him buck up at a guy. Like,
0: oh, I saw it. <laughs> oh yeah. my
1: God. I will die for this man. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you have not seen the clip of Landon Dickerson, I would highly recommend searching that. I know uh Cole Kublik tweeted it out. He sent out that video. It's it's pretty funny. It's high comedy. But uh, yeah, Mac Jones's uh, favorite target is—it's not a big mystery either, is it? He is not scared to let Jalen Waddle make a play.
1: Yeah, it's like your stepson because you know you were on him before anyone else for the most part. So,
0: hey, uh, I still remember watching that clip from Jalen Waddle in high school. Mm-hmm. It did—it didn't. You don't have to be a talent evaluator to have well, seen that.
1: Yeah. The way I look at it is, if it was that easy and that obvious. You would have been the last of the party, so
0: just saying. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to
1: give you props, so you you better take it. But, no, it it was very clear. This is his Amari Cooper. This is his Calvin Ridley. You know, it's his go-to guy, and you have that finesse with him as a route runner uh, with instincts and his hands. I mean, my God, do we have to talk about that catch inside the red zone because
0: Uh, – talking uh, about before the half? Yes. Yes. Perfect throw by Mac Jones as well. Guess who Waddle was being covered by on that oh, on that I pass? Ennis <laughs> Reekstraw, you know the uh, subject of last week. Who was it? Which, honest to God, it was good coverage.
1: Yeah, he. It would have been great coverage for almost any other receiving quarter yeah. in the SEC.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ennis Rakestraw, Reichstrahl to me played a played a good game, especially for it being his first game against those guys at receiver. I thought did a, a pretty phenomenal job. So, uh, props to him. But then you have also Bryce Young with the second team, just sticking with the quarterback theme. I thought Bryce Young gave us a reason. I know it was limited action, and he 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 was playing behind the second team offensive line, which did not play well. I thought that he gave us reason to be confident in him if something happens to Mac Jones, it wasn't perfect, but Bryce Young's talent jumped off the screen. It was very, very obvious to see why he was ranked where he was and why people are so excited about him.
1: Oh, I mean the, the very first, first down he picked up on that throw across his body to the sideline. I mean, and then he hit, I can't remember if it was waddle across the middle uh, on about a 15 yard pass, the arm strength, to throw that ball. He stepped up in the pocket. He had the awareness. He just absolutely zipped that ball. But then you get the uh, original first year starter AJ McCarron type vibes too when mm-hmm. he can't get rid of the ball and takes a sack instead, thinking he can yeah. make, you know, more out of something. So yeah. uh but yeah, it's to be expected. And I have a feeling with the amount of ingredients he has versus what we've had in the past for new quarterbacks with, you know, potential, uh yeah. He's not too far off. So
0: Yeah, and and like we've mentioned before, no spring practice is – that's a killer for an incoming quarterback. Uh, One of the things I did like was his his first pass. It was a terrible snap to his left. He kind of fumbled the ball. It was on the ground. And you could tell for a second that he thought about just taking off with the ball. Like, this play is dead. I'm just going to take off. He gathered himself, turned back the other direction, and made the pass, I believe, to Devontae Smith on the right. other side of the field, which is where the play was originally supposed to go. So he had the, kind of the wherewithal to, to pick himself up out of a bad situation immediately, turn and, and make the play he was supposed to. So I thought that showed a little bit of poise, especially for it to be like his – that, was that his first snap?
1: I can't remember that part, but like I said, that was his first first down. So yeah,
0: yeah, it was it was one of one of his very first snaps, if not his first snap. Yeah, I thought that was kind of impressive.
1: No, without question, um, the fact that he instead of like you said, instinctively didn't just grab and go. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, let's just get what we can. He actually allowed his receivers to make a play.
0: Alabama is in a very good situation in their quarterback room. Also, Paul Tyson, we have heard really, really good. Say, yeah. yeah, I mean, we've heard really good things about him, and that he would he would be a factor as far as playing time goes in a lot of other programs. Obviously, we have not seen him play or practice, but that's just kind of the word uh, out of Alabama. So, moving on, Texas A&M this weekend. That'll give us a few more answers on on who this Alabama team is. I think we can accurately. We can gauge it to some degree after game one, but ultimately, it was against Missouri. A&M is more talented. Kellen Mond's back for his second decade in the program. Hmm. Uh, and this seems like such a simple question, but to me it is not. Is Kellen Mond good? Enough. <laughs> He's good enough. It's a hard question for me.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's a relative question, too, because you have to set some type of benchmark of good. Is he good enough to be a 10-win quarterback? No, obviously. Is he good enough to at least have some moments? Well, his freshman year, yeah. Uh, and then over the last seven seasons, it's just been chaotic. And just think, I, I'm not putting it all on him. I'm putting it on the guy that had a 10-year guaranteed deal up front, period. No money withheld. I think at some point we have to ask some questions.
0: Yeah, the, the the next question is Is Jimbo good or was this all a facade? Like, was this a I won't say an Ed Orgeron situation because we don't really know what no, a the Gus deal Malzahn
1: is type situation almost.
0: Yeah, a Gus Malzon situation or a uh, uh, Gene Chiswick situation where things just kind of fell into place for a year. he had Jameis and he had some of those guys and and they were good enough to win a national championship because everything just kind of came together all at once. Or is he actually a tier one or tier two coach?
1: Yeah, uh, it's hard to say. You know, the way Jimbo's career has gone from 2013 on, he would be the perfect second level coach in the 90s and the early 2000s. I mean, because that's the type of, you know, coaching career and style he has now a lot of hype a lot of talent a lot of track record in his past but nothing tangible in the future
0: yeah and these kind of back to Cal and Mond for a second these are the hardest games for me to get a fill on because of that original question that I asked is Cal and Mond good because I don't know the answer to it 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 just depends on the day
1: like, You're exactly right. I mean, let's go to the Clemson game two years ago down there uh in at Texas AM at night. Yeah. I mean
0: and they almost game, pulled it off. A hell of a game. Yeah. But then the next year against Clemson, it was like he is the first time he picked up a football.
1: Yeah, you got Jeremy Johnson out here throwing arm punch <laughs> everywhere,
0: <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> Maybe it's just untapped potential that you get a glimpse of on some weekends. But there ha there's been games in his career that I've watched and I've thought that guy's going to be a tough out for Alabama one of these years at some point.
1: You and I both.
0: Yeah, yeah and there have yeah. been other times where I'm watching him. I'm wondering why Jimbo isn't pulling him for the backup.
1: Yeah, how bad was Kyle Allen back before he transferred? <laughs> like, yeah. But, no, I mean, to me, though, here's a question that I think will be tough for you. Given the last, let's say, four years, it, it is straightforward, Jimbo or Jim Harbaugh?
0: Oh, like who would I take?
1: Yeah, that is unfortunately the level that he is at now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess if that's I would I would take Jimbo only because he has actually won something in college, even if it was a fluke. <laughs> I mean, it uh, yeah, happened to
1: be at the Rose Bowl, too.
0: Yeah, it has happened, though, for him at some point. that hasn't happened for for Jim Harbaugh. Well, and it didn't
1: take him four years to finish above fourth. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen for Jim Harbaugh either. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think maybe there's still some questions with with Jimbo. Like, you can ask the, is is Jimbo good question, and not know the answer. I don't think Jim Harbaugh's good. Like, I think he's just okay. Like, he's an average, run-of-the-mill Big Ten coach.
1: Yeah, Uh, and I think he has a uh, younger brother uh, at UT Austin, too, so... Yeah, oh. um, yeah. Tom Herman, I'd throw him right there in that group too. But, anyways, uh, I just thought that'd be a, an interesting point to make in terms of where Jimbo is uh, compared to where expectations have been, and, and depending on who you talk to, are you know for him and the trajectory of Texas A&M, which has not been a decent competitive team year over year since Bear Bryant.
0: Yeah. So, like I said, th- like these are the hardest games for me to get a fill on, and I told you why. What is y- what do you think is going to happen this weekend? I think or, or are you see... kind of like me where it's like up in the air that it, it's just sort of a roll of the dice?
1: Mm-mm. I Maybe it's ignorance, but I think this is more momentum, you know, just picking up steam for Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you saw some things come together. Like we talked about as the game went on in the first half uh, with all the starters, you know, clicking uh, and settling in, not having spring practice, fall camp everything. Yes, Missouri is Missouri. And like you said, Texas A&M is more talented. However, Missouri played Alabama the way they did. A&M, however, played Vanderbilt. And you would have thought <laughs> yeah. you're watching an old slugfest of Notre Dame and Army. So,
0: it Reminded uh, me of the 3-2 uh, Auburn-Mississippi State.
1: Oh, yeah. yes. Hell, yeah. Or the 0-0 end of regulation <laughs> Wake Forest-Virginia Tech.
0: You know, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. But to me, I think you might see – truly my gut and i'm gonna go with it you might see some mauling in the trenches some absolute manhandling just in general it's gonna be a physical game for one side as they impose will and some big hits i'm gonna tell you too you go back and you watch dylan moses i tweeted it out that dude was five different times he was about a half a second away from taking somebody's damn head off (laughs) so it's coming
0: yeah. I, I, honestly, I'm not worried about this weekend. I just don't. I just think there's like some question marks surrounding it, and I think those question marks are coming from the other side. Look, I want side. them,
1: honestly, to have some early success, so that way we can see how the team responds in general. Yeah.
0: They beat Vanderbilt 17-12. to 12. Uh, Kellen Mond had three fumbles. He lost two of them. He had seven rushes for 18 yards. I know Derek Mason is a good defensive coach, but he shouldn't be that good. Far cry from what we saw his freshman season against Alabama and what we thought Kellen Mond was going to be. He's basically, he's like Jarrett Garantano to me. Like his own fan base can't even figure out if they like him or not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great comparison.
0: <laughs> yeah, like we, ha- it's like two of the same quarterbacks in the league, but those are the wild cards. Those guys worry me some because maybe this Saturday is what the, like this Saturday where he happens to be at his peak. You just don't know because of that level of inconsistency.
1: I agree. I mean, I think Jimbo is, if anything, uh, he's going to try to leave it all on the table in terms of throwing us off on scheme and everything like that. But at the end of the day, they are who they are. They do the same thing and they have the same type of talent that they've had. And they're not, they're recruiting well, but they're not developing well. So, uh, I think yeah, I don't think this people.
0: is like some kind of ultra talented Texas a and team. No. Like when I say they're more talented than Missouri, that's not that big. That's not a compliment.
1: Yeah, that's, that's not that's a, that's really just, a compliment at all. Yeah, so. it's
0: just a given. <laughs> you know, it's like yes, they're naturally more talented than Missouri because they're an SEC program in the state of Texas. Like I should be able to show up, get that job, and recruit better than Missouri.
1: Exactly. I, I think A and M will have some more success overall looking at the box summary than what Missouri had. But I don't think just like Missouri, I don't think it's going to come until the closer to the end of the game. And I think Alabama, they're going to build on momentum. I think they're going to come out and they're going to have a pretty damn well-executed game. Just my opinion. Uh, I, I don't know what the line is. What is it? About three, maybe three and a half touchdowns. It
0: 24. was, God, I'm sorry. I think it was 17.
1: Oh, shit. I'd, see, I would take them at three touchdowns without – any question?
0: I'm pretty uh, sure it was, but don't hold me to it.
1: Yeah, that that seemed about right. But uh, I'm looking forward to it regardless because I told you off the record, you know, going into last week, uh, I didn't know how excited I was for this season. You know, in general, it just it felt different. It felt like I was trying to self-sabotage the potential of it, like you said. But then, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. first 10 minutes of that game, I, uh, I realized I'm an idiot and uh, I love it. So. It's only going to be hype as hell regardless. So
0: uh, Alabama should not lose to a quarterback who was uh, – he was 17 for 28, 189 yards, one touchdown against Vanderbilt. I know I keep like going back to him, but he is what makes them go. Yeah. If, if they're going to beat somebody, they're going to beat them on his back, and if they're going to lose to somebody like Vanderbilt, they do it because of him.
1: I don't know what lasted longer, though, with him. It's his ability to fumble, though – versus his ability to have success consistently because this dude has been fumbling, if you really think back. Uh, he's yeah. had a fumble problem his entire tenure at Texas a and
0: Which could bode well for the Alabama defense on Saturday. Um, I know somebody that wasn't. We'll make this quick. I know somebody that wasn't 17 for 28 on Saturday, and that was KJ Costello.
1: Boy, oh, boy. Uh,
0: yeah, we talked about uh, – we were on the show kind of – throwing around the idea that lsu could have been that they were a one-hit wonder yeah it is it is looking that way
1: yeah imagine losing an opening game Uh, i can't relate in the last 14 years but man you ready for uh you ready for crow um (sighs) i'll eat some but hell like i told you he's an interesting dude and there's times i said it verbatim there's times he has no business competing with that (laughs) team on that field, and he goes out and he wins.
0: So do you think it was more of like a Mississippi State and him thing, or do you think it was a LSU is just not good thing? Or maybe both?
1: I I think it's both. Uh, And I can't tell you what's more than the other, because I did believe LSU was probably a seven-win team if we had a full season this year. Uh, I thought you could see a Gene Chizik-type, fall uh going on with ed orgeron but i did also think the leech magic how better to come into the sec with all the doubt and this just everything that people have said of why you'll never work here and these defenses and you come in and you do what you did with a stanford quarterback (laughs) oh hell no
0: (laughs) It's. I mean, it's crazy. Like he. Props to him. I think. I think it does have a little, little bit to do, or not a little bit. I think it has a lot to do, if not more to do, with LSU. Just. I just don't think they're going to be that good this year. I don't think they're going to score a lot of points. I think they're going to give up some points. They're going to be better when Derek Stingley returns. I think that probably changed that game a little bit. But yeah. Mississippi State was just straight up better than them.
1: Yeah, uh, and I mean, we're talking about the guy that took Garner Minshew, who was a grad assistant walking on at Alabama from Eastern Carolina, I believe is the college he was leaving.
0: Yeah, uh, it was.
1: And said, hey, you want to ride the pine at Alabama or you want to come throw for 4,000 yards at Washington State? And look what happened. I mean, that's he's always developed a lot of numbers based on the players he has all the way back to Graham Harrell and Michael Crabtree and the fact that now he's doing it with a Stanford quarterback, like I said, because if you know anything about Stanford football over the last four years, this is like six games worth of passing. That just <laughs> happened. So, And it did it against DBU, quote-unquote. So,
0: uh, I mean, remember like last week when I said, I'm very, very pro kids going where they want to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, Gardner Minshew is the big shining example that Alabama is not the best place for everybody. I mean, it's just not, I mean, and you can say that about any school. It's all for a lot of kids. It's situational and and based on what kind of opportunity they're going to get when they get there, uh, Gardner Minshew, if he had stuck with his original commitment to Alabama, he would be a grad assistant somewhere trying to work his way up to becoming a head coach, which was his dream, which was the original reason why he committed to Alabama for his, uh, grad transfer year. And like you said, Mike Leach comes in and convinces him to come to Washington State. Like, hey, do you want to sit on the bench at Alabama or do you want to come throw the ball 70 times a game at Washington State? Well, he, ch- he wanted to go play. Uh, now he's a starting quarterback in the NFL.
1: If you're a quarterback that maybe Alabama is not the best option for you, I have a Mike Leach that is interested.
0: <laughs> exactly. Because Mike Leach, can t- which KJ Costello, I believe, if I remember correctly, was like one of the top five quarterbacks in the country coming out of high school. That guy has a lot of raw talent. He's not like a random three-star smart kid, just one of the guys that was gonna going to uh qualify at Stanford. Cause you know they they offer like thirty oh, yeah. 30 kids a year. They only offer kids they know are going to qualify to get into school. Mm-hmm. KJ Costello is not just like the best option that could have could could get into school here. Like he was somebody that everybody wanted. So as far as like purely talented quarterbacks, he is probably one of the most talented, just raw talented quarterbacks. Mike Leach has ever had
1: at least on over a decade.
0: Yeah. Been a while. So, I mean, I, of course, Gardner Minshew, but outside of Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Yeah. The, the list is short. So anyways, all right, this has been the roll Bama roll podcast. Roll Tide.